Welcome back to Life in 10. This is episode 105. One of my favorite feelings, I guess it's kind of it's kind of odd to say, but I love it whenever I finish reading a book. You know, it feels like such an accomplishment to me even though some people, I mean, some people read daily and go through books like it's candy. And I've, I have some friends and I've heard of people who challenge themselves to read, you know, a hundred books a year or something like that. And that's uh, amazing to me. But um, for me, I, I just, I love that, that feeling. I do realize that I definitely need to do a better job of like going back and remembering all that I read. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm an underliner. I don't, I don't know. Do you guys do that? I mean, or uh, like highlight things you want to flip back through and remember. Uh, that's that's what I like to do, and I, I'll go back to old books that I've read, and I'll flip through and see things in there that just stood out to me, and it just reminds me of what the book's about and things that I either need to work on or, um, you know, to to feel good about. Uh, if you've listened to episode, episodes before, I've shared this book with you before. It's called Get Your Life Back by John Eldridge. Well, I finally finished reading it yesterday. Um, and I, again, I highly recommend it to anyone who enjoys reading, or even if you don't, it's it's a, worth a read. It's one of those books that I plan to read every year as like a good reminder of things in my life that um, just to keep it in focus. But in the last part of the book, John shares a conversation he was having with a friend. And here's what his friend said. He said, I think most people are slowly losing the war of attrition. I realized I used to be funnier. I used to have a great sense of humor. I started thinking about it, and I see I'm just not enjoying my life like I once did. Now, War of Attrition, I actually had to look that up to understand kind of how that fit into context with this statement. But basically, he, basically he is saying that life has worn him down to such an extent that his will to fight has collapsed. I mean, have you been there? Are you there, maybe? Let me say this. Just because you're there now doesn't mean you have to be there forever. You can come out of that. And here's the thing. We've been talking about the verse in 2 Timothy 3 that lists a group of people that, I mean, sounds eerily familiar to what we're going through today. They sound a lot like people that we encounter, and I'm sure we find ourselves in this list in some way. But this week, I started asking myself a different question. How did they get there? Look, no one is born a proud person. No one is born a boastful individual. No one is born abusive or disobedient or conceited. People get there somehow. So my question is, is how? Now, in order to answer that question, I think I have to go back to Scripture. I mean, because there's so much truth in there that continues to address situations and circumstances that we are encountering here every day. And this is a verse that we've discussed before, but it's Romans 12:2, where it says, Do not be conformed to this world. Now, I'm going to stop right there. Here's the thing. We have an issue with our souls. Now, the soul is our mind, it's our will, it's our emotions. And we have let the things of this world 
the pains of the past, the frustrations of the unknown, the challenges of everyday life corrupt and mangle our souls. We've allowed it to the point where sometimes we don't even recognize ourselves anymore. But that's not the way that it's supposed to be. The verse continues with a resounding demand of be transformed by the complete renewal of your mind. Notice it didn't say the renewal of your bank account or the renewal of your home or the renewal of your marriage or the renewal of your job. No. It says your mind. It says your soul. That's how people get there. That's how we get there. When the scripture says in 2 Timothy 3, people will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. It all started with the corruption of that person's soul. We have to to take care of our souls. Now, how do we do this? Well, I think the best thing we do, the first thing you should look at is what's going in. What are you surrounding yourself with daily? Who are you surrounding yourself with? How are you letting the challenges of life affect you? I think it's a beginning of an evaluation of what's going on inside of you. It's time to secure your footing and stand firm, protect yourself from the things that want to try and harm you. Evaluate the music that you're listening to, the movies that you watch, the friends you spend the most time with. All those things affect your soul. Take your phone and throw it across the room daily. You don't need to be on that thing 24 hours a day. Turn the TV off. Go for a walk. Take care of your soul. Now let me finish with this. John Eldridge uh, ends the book with uh, something that I think is quite profound. He says, The withering effects of our frenzied culture, the narrowing of mind and soul by technology, not to mention the heartbreak of the world delivered daily to our smartphones and the trauma of those in crisis around us. No time to, to attend to disappointments, losses, griefs, much less cultivating precious hopes and dreams. All that's been pushed aside. Behind it all, the great war with evil is raging more bitter than ever. Most folks live their lives in a state of harried dullness, trench warfare, the Maginot Line. The light is fading from their eyes, their life reduced to a moment by moment getting by. The enemy is frankly happy to leave them in that place. Just wear humanity down and push them into the shallows. Make it so they can't possibly give God their attention and receive his graces. In that haggard, famished condition, he can then present the false gods that will bind them forever. I hope you see clearly now that more of God is our greatest need. 
our greatest joy and our only rescue. This isn't optional. He's the source of strength and resiliency we need for this hour, the life that allows us to enjoy everything else in life. We need more of him. I mean, what better thing to fill your soul up with than with God? Don't you think? Never forget that you are loved and you are highly valued. Have a great week.